0: Justin, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast because it was only back in January I saw you posting in the career help Discord channel. We had a little chat about how things were going, and then I think just a month later you shared your success in finding your first job as a developer transitioning careers. I think there's so many interesting things we could go into like your new job, what it involves, the onboarding. Hopefully we'll get to that, but what I'm really curious to know from you is What happened between, I think it was about the middle of January, you were posting in the Career Help channel, and when we spoke, you mentioned you'd had something like 180 applications and maybe 10 phone screenings. I think it's fair to say things weren't going amazing, but then just one month later, you turned it around. Firstly, welcome to the podcast, and secondly, so great to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened between those two dates?
1: Yeah, so... Certainly, uh, you know, I'd probably been uh, applying in earnest since uh, October and uh, uh, January. It was, uh, you know, we had just had the holidays probably. And, you know, I hadn't been hearing much back. In fact, you know, I've done a few of these common interview platforms like HireVue, um, some some leak code stuff. But, you know, it seemed like I wasn't either not getting responses or, you know, um, just, you know, wasn't getting much, uh, feedback from my resume or my applications. Um, so probably around the start of February, I started hearing back and, you know, very quickly, I was very busy, uh, trying to, uh, manage an interview schedule and, um, heard, heard from several companies at that point, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, you know, a, a lot of coding assessments to take home coding assessments. I thought those were very interesting because it's hard to, you know, really stand out when, uh, you know, you're doing these leak code style problems and it's just a pass fail sort of thing. Right. Uh, couple that with, uh, you know, not being able to dynamically respond to an interviewer where, you you know, higher views like a platform where they give you some pre-recorded questions and you have to, you know, uh, you still prepare your normal script to responses, but to I don't know, I find it a little difficult to respond naturally to that.
0: What do you think changed between the like middle of January? Like, do you think it was just the market that changed and there was more uptake, <clears throat> or did you change something about your approach?
1: I, I you know, it, it's hard to say because w- when you're uh, preparing for these for these uh, applications. Uh, you know, you're changing so many things. You're constantly changing your resume, constantly uh, applying to new roles. So I I still, you know, I have a feeling that maybe I was still, you know, a little impatient or just, uh, you know, it was my first first time applying in eight years. I'd worked with my past company eight years and mo- mostly, uh, you know, applied internally. So, you know, the, the feedback loop of you know, from application to, you know, next steps was maybe a little slower than I expected, especially for some of these larger companies. Um, you know, some of them, I, you know, apply back in October and I get a, you know, maybe a response in January. And that, that could just be the business cycle. You know, a lot of these businesses work in quarters and, um, you know, they say, oh, but, you know, our hiring is going to start picking up in January and, you know, it just gets progressively quicker from that.
0: For sure. I've heard stories of people who've applied to companies as big as Google, and then they don't even get a response for two or three months. But when they do, it's like, hey, will you come into an interview? Was that is that what you're describing? Was it like a lagging effect? Or was it that the new applications you were sending in towards the end of January, beginning of February, were you seeing a sort of quicker turnaround in terms of interviewers getting back to you?
1: Yeah, certainly like the, the smaller companies, they, they have the ability to be a little more nimble and they like, um, uh, you know, the actual role I got was through, through a recruiter that uh, connected me with the, the company. They were looking for some very, you know, particular skills and uh, especially on the Python side. And that, that kind of uh, led me to, you know, getting opportunity to interview with them directly. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think um, you know some of the larger companies. I mean, uh, I applied to a government job, and you know, it was uh, they gave me a time frame, and it's up to six months with everything. You know, it's six months to a year just with background checks and such. So, you know, so, so, you know, I, I guess it pays to apply early to, to a lot of these roles, even if you're still still learning, because it could be a, a bit of a wait before you finally hear back.
0: For sure. I think like stacking the deck, resumes, job processes, there is no science, right? Like it's all fairly subjective. And so stacking the deck in your favor, strengthening your position as a candidate, basically, and following good hygiene and stuff like that when it comes to resumes and following up after an interview and that kind of thing. But also just playing the numbers game, right? Like sending as many applications out as possible, could be a divisive topic because some people prefer the kind of sniper approach where they find a very specific small set of companies they wish to apply for, whereas others, and I think possibly you fall in this camp, take more of a kind of shotgun approach where you go broad.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I don't even know, I, you know, I've seen, you know, I follow some of these Reddit communities like uh, CS Career Advice and, and such, and uh, you do see a lot of people saying, like, "Oh, I've put in 300 applications, 400 applications," and it's, you know, it, I kind of feel like I was trying to strike a balance there, where I, you know, knew there was certain companies, you know, everyone's going to apply to Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, um, just to see, see, you know, take their shot, but um, you know, certainly look through lists of like a hot, you know, big startups in Austin, uh, which is close to where I'm located. And, and uh see who's growing and apply there um but you know you also just start looking for keywords that match so you know we had on, on scrimbo we'd been focused on uh react and javascript and friend and stuff so those were the you know kind of my first priority and when i was searching was lo- looking for roles that had had react and apply to those first in my in my uh you know as i work through the day and then uh you know Later, I'd spend a little bit of time on looking for Python roles, which are a little little less common in the market, certainly around my area.
0: Justin, when you first shared your resume, I imagine it looks quite different from what it looked like when you finally got that job. I'm curious from all the discussions you had in the Scrimba Discord, and likewise, all the other things you learned online, what were the high impact things you changed about your resume? Or maybe you found it didn't matter as much as you first thought.
1: Yeah, it's a a little difficult just because that long feedback time we talked about. I I tried keeping track of the different resume versions. I must have like 20 to 30, you know, just changing little things here and there. And certainly, you know, some of them were just small type of fixes, but some of them were major overhauls. Like originally I'd gone with a graphical resume, which is probably more common outside of the U.S., uh, where, where you have you know photograph and it, it more design focused, right? And uh, it, it, you know the I, I could tell that community, uh, you know these computer science communities, software engineer communities were a little split on whether you know it's a good idea to send uh, uh, a resume with your photo on it, right? It, it, and I'm still not sure if that's the right thing or not. Some people said laugh you out the Lafayette door. Some people said, oh, it's you know the only way to stand out is to have a resume that doesn't look like you know uh, you know, it was made in 1999. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I, it was tough for me because, uh, my background was, I, you know, I'd been a chemical engineer, but working as a petroleum engineer for eight years and my, my t- official title never said software engineer. Right. So my, my focus was, you know, learning the domain of petroleum engineering, which is just kind of, you know, reservoir as well as, you know, how to, uh, work for companies like Shell and Exxon. We were an oil field services provider. So we were trying to um, make better wells for them. So you, you're just trying to understand the science behind it. Um, but on the side, you know, we worked with a lot of spreadsheets, a lot of flat files, you know, in, a, in, a, in some ways, you know, that it, it's very difficult when you have, you know, just just the same reason in software, why you use Git and Bitbucket and these kind of, um, version control tools, as well as other collaboration tools like Slack and, um, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. It, it, so, so in the oil field, you know, when you're all working on the same spreadsheet file and you're taking turns, touching it, uh, quickly becomes a big mess. So, you know, learning programming just kind of made sense on the side. And it was certainly an easy way to stand out just because, you know, everyone was focused on, you know, I have a 12, a 12 hour shift to fulfill. So let me just get through the day. But we had a lot of downtime, especially in my early years. So just filled that with kind of learning programming.
0: I recognize that about you, like programming was something you picked up on the side almost with regards to your previous job. And then translating that into a resume that would get you a job more focused on engineering you know, how you position yourself, the way you phrase things, there's definitely a delicate balance in that. But I think you make a great point that for all the advice that exists and opinions about resumes, well, to really know the truth, you'd have to do an experiment, right? And an experiment has to be controlled and unbiased and you want that short feedback loop so you can associate the input with the output or something like that. And in the case of uh, applying for jobs, it's really hard to draw that correlation between what is it about your resume that stood out and uh, got you the interview at least. So then maybe it's helpful to refer to our like subjective experience. So maybe, what 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 do you think, did anybody mention in any of your interviews something about the resume or maybe you noticed they picked up on a certain part of it that might suggest it was a good thing to include?
1: Yeah, um, you know, certainly it was difficult to get much, you know, you're not going to get every 160, applic- each of the 160 applications, you're not going to get feedback on it. It's just, you know, most of them are going to be automated, but when you do get that opportunity, it's certainly helpful. And my, my position was a little difficult and we, we kind of discussed it previously, you know, while I was getting ready in January, you know, my previous title was project manager, which, you know, means something completely different you know, completely different to the software community. Um, you know, mine had a real deep technical element in in addition to these logistical and, and kind of communication roles that I was fulfilling. Um, so that, that was one thing. And then certainly, you know, I, they, a lot of people saw that I had eight years experience. So it's, it's difficult because, um, not eight years experience as a software engineer, but doing these other, you know, petroleum engineer type things. So, trying to not disqualify myself from junior roles, but also, you know, trying to get something more of a mid-level role. It's, it's difficult because some people see is too senior, but then other roles they might see you like, Oh, this guy doesn't even have software in the title. And, yeah. you know, a lot of times with the resume, you know, review process mm-hmm. being so quick, you know, just a quick glance. It's hard to, I mean, you know, you, you just have to really just, Put, put in a lot of applications because a lot of times you're just, you know, you're not going to, you know, it's, there's some luck involved, certainly.
0: Absolutely. Like timing is a big part of anything. You might be the perfect candidate. It might just be the wrong time. What yeah. made you, what, what what did that sort of perfect combination look like in the case of getting your job? Like, can you tell us a little bit about the opportunity and how you came around, came about it?
1: Yeah. So, so the one I actually, um, you know, I followed through with, they, you know, I was connected by external recruiter and it was, um, you know, one of the benefits was it wasn't, you know, a consulting role. It was actually direct with the company. Sorry, and Justin,
0: could I go back just one step? Like, sure. how do you even get in touch with a recruiter?
1: Right. So so certainly, uh, you know, following the, the last module and, and Scrimba, I think Dylan did a, a good bit of that section where he was reviewing um, different techniques to improve your presence online, right? Of course, resume is a big part of that, but also, you know, keeping an up-to-date LinkedIn profile. Um, you know, I if you also go on my GitHub profile, you'll see that, you know, I've kind of, uh, GitHub now allows you to make a kind of a more uh, decorated profile. You can put badges and things in there, and you can, um, you know, I, I also made like a repo and just dropped in, you know, a public copy of the resume that was, you know, I took off stuff that would get me spam, like my phone number and uh, email, but, um, you know, also put some of my certificates in there as well. I, you know, it's hard hard to know if uh, people looked at that because there's, you know, it's not not tracked like on LinkedIn where you can see people viewing your profile, but. Certainly um, you know keeping those things up to date and also um, having a you know developer portfolio which also is part of Scrimba. Um, you know I took that and customized it and uh, added a few like article pages discussing some of the projects we did. Um, oh yeah
0: you had, a, you had a wonderful presence like you had your GitHub readme in order, LinkedIn. you, you had a, a portfolio as well and I remember you were updating it along the way. Did a recruiter like notice it and say, "Hey, Justin, would like to talk to you about connecting you with somebody, perhaps?" Or did you go to the recruiter maybe and ask if they could help you in your search for a job?
1: Yeah, he actually reached out to me. So it, awesome, he, you know. And he told me that it was simply, you know, keyword matching. So this role, you know, their focus is um, certainly very heavy on Python. It's a you know scientific role. It's we're we're doing software service um, for you know, uh, biology labs and trying to, you know, take their spreadsheet type workflows, kind of like what I was doing in the oil field and trying to make it more consistent so that rather than having, you know, a bunch of people working in one spreadsheet where you don't have, you know, tracked changes really, um, and putting that in a database and, you know, putting it in a, in a UI, that's a little more user-friendly, um, so, so, yeah, I mean, he, he, he just did, you know, these recruiters, they use, you know, a bunch of and statements and combined keywords to try to find someone that matches the role because their, their goal is to place somebody. That's how they get paid. So, right. um, you know, I had taken a few of these LinkedIn assessments on uh, Python and JavaScript and passed those. I'm not sure if, you know, the 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 LinkedIn assessment pass really factors in, but certainly can't hurt. Um but yeah, just having those keywords in my profile and kind of trying to find ways where, you know, I've used coding in the past and uh, updating, you know, the things I did at those jobs that I think that's what got visibility for that role.
0: So it sounds like the recruiter was, I happen to know of a company you work at, it's called L7 Informatics. Yeah. This recruiter was basically, basically connected you with that specific role um, rather than some recruiters who do work with candidates on the more like, general basis. Like they'll get to know you a bit and and match you. Whereas it sounds like you definitely ran into the recruiter, which a company hired to fill a specific role. Hmm. Once you got that, once you got that um, invitation almost to the interview, what did that process look like?
1: Yeah. So um, it, it, it wasn't that much different from, uh, you know, a, a normal interview process, you'll, you know, kind of your phone screen is more so on the, on the recruiter side, but mm-hmm. after that, you know, um, the first step was a coding assessment. Um, and, you know, I, I did quite a few of those um, for different companies. And it's just kind of, they, uh, they try to make a project of a small scope and, uh, you know, they'll, oftentimes it'll be, somewhat relevant to the role. So this this project asked me to use Python um, with a framework called uh, Tornado or, or I also had the option to use Flask. Uh, and all that framework is it's, you know, it kind of, it's a opinionated way to implement like this, you know, large Python project where you have uh, different backend routes to, you know, access and um, You'll connect your, you know, your front end code to that, and so so I kind of, you know, it was a scientific application. So it's a science company. So they gave me uh, some spreadsheet data and just had to crunch that and clean it up. And you you could do that in JavaScript as well. It doesn't have to be Python. Right. Um, It's like a
0: CSV file by the by the time you input it, right
1: yeah and it, it's not that much different than what you what you'd be doing on Scrimba, right you you know even in the JavaScript miscoding challenges that we did, you know you take a bunch of you know maybe uh you know string values and break them up and put them into you know a more consistent data structure like a list or a dictionary, and then you start manipulating it to you know kind of the specification that you're given.
0: I hadn't heard of Tornado previously. It turns out it's like a, a web framework. So why the reason why I think that's interesting is because you're describing the sort of data processing side of things, like t- taking an XLS or a CSV input and processing it somehow. Where where does the web framework part come into it? And is your job like full stack basically? Are you exposing it as an API perhaps, or are you building a front end too?
1: Yeah, so so it is it is very much full stack, and in, in that, um, you know, th- there are two main technologies in their stack for f- at least in programming languages. They're Python on the back end, and they actually use Vue, which is another JavaScript framework similar to, to React or Angular on the on the front end. Um, it, it's certainly more, um, I would say, Python focused. Um, it, it's interesting because. Uh, uh, they, uh, they have two, I, I guess, two major teams working on the code base. They have a core team that's working on like a core platform. It's basically like single eight page application that you can step through and um, connect, you know, it has a Postgres database on the back end, And um, you know, they've already built out kind of like, all right, we know the lab information management system that the lab's going to typically need. And then my role as an application engineer is to customize that and, you know, they, they might have a work, uh, you know, they have a workflow that they they do in the lab work, you know, uh, working with different instruments, and I'm trying to map that, map that, and make a, you know, different steps for them. It basically, just like a, it's like a lab worksheet for them, so they start filling it out. Um, Sounds fun. Yeah. So so it's, you know, currently from, you know, from what I've seen, like the 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 front end isn't isn't too, you know complex, like uh, the friend and code that I'm working on, you know, some of them are simple order forms. So, you know, it's uh, you just, uh, there's not too, too much styling involved other than positioning on the page. Um, certainly the the Python side's going to be more heavy where you're, you know, trying to connect different, um, e- even the customer, they, 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 they uh, they'll provide us with scripts that we need to integrate Python scripts that they've, they've written because they're domain experts themselves. And they, so, so they're working in bioinformatics, <clears throat> and they're going to try to process their lab data coming in. So they want to, you know, incorporate the script into their workflow.
0: I, I'm curious, like in the actual interview, and maybe more generally, I, I know that a the theme here is sort of transferring. Your you have a wealth of industry experience. It's just a different industry, and so presumably, there's a few things which carry over. Is there? I don't really know much about bioinformatics or petroleum engineering, for that matter. Is is there a link at all?
1: No, I I I mean, um, I I wouldn't say so. It's uh, and certainly I'm new to bioinformatics as well. You know, it's it's uh, you know they do things. uh, Some of the companies we work for, you know, they implement things like uh, COVID testing or or or. kind of like uh, agriculture life science. So they're, you know, trying to change plants, you know, uh, basically like plant breeding programs, for example. Um, you know, uh, one example I know just because I, one of my hobbies as a home brewer is, uh, you know, hops, um, hops for beer, you, you can breed them together and, you know, basically put two plants next to each other and you get a different hop type and, um, certain hop types do better, uh, based on, you know, uh, you know, different, um, plant diseases that come through, some of them will be more resilient to that. So, so, you know, they're just tracking the changes in, uh, in these plants, they sequence the DNA of the plant and and see, you know, all right, what do these different markers tell us about, you know, it's resiliency to disease, it's, it's yield and, um, how, how it behaves. So that's kind of the bioinformatics side, but I'm still figuring that out on my own. And, but, um, certainly all the, the software things are transferable. Like, you know, I, on the petroleum side, I was just working spreadsheets and, you know, spreadsheets tend to have very dirty data that you have to um, try to make it more consistent. And, and that's what our software is doing is, you know, we'll put, uh, put some different validations in so that when they, uh, you know, select, maybe they have a limited selection from the field, um, you know, like a dropdown list, but also, you know, you might do different checks where the, you'll get a notification and, and an error if you make a data entry mistake. So simple things like that, but.
0: One observation, and I'm curious to hear what you think about this, is that of the 190 plus jobs you were, you were sort of looking at, presumably not all of them were so closely tied to your previous experience. Whereas in this case, You've managed to, even though a recruiter happened to reach out to you, which I think is amazing, by the way, but you made your profile so attractive and indexable that that could happen. Amazing. Even though that recruiter reached out to you, it sounded like there was like a genuine synergy here between your previous experience and this role.
1: Yeah, it it certainly just, you know, it it kind of was... um... Like I said, I was having difficulty finding. I was searching for Python roles both locally here in uh, San Antonio, but also in Austin, and and, um, it it was much more difficult to find. Certainly, there was a a lot of JavaScript roles on the front end, but um, more so, a lot of a lot of roles were requiring Java, which is you know just the backend programming language, and Spring Boot, which is you know another framework for setting up the the backend side of the sites. So. Um, having a recruiter connect to that was certainly helpful, just because it was, it was hard to find, you know, that per- perfect match in terms of skills of of what I've done, but also what what these companies were looking for. Um,
0: maybe it's maybe it's less to do with the language, because like you pointed out earlier, with regards to processing a CSV, whether it's in JavaScript or Python, it's. It's the sort of methodology that's, that's the common thing, actually. And yeah. that's also what I'm drawing on here. Like, you did a lot of data processing in your previous role.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's very much true. And um, certainly, you know, what I was doing was, you know, um, kind of um, similar to what, what they're trying to do for the customers, where they're trying to t- take a, a, you know, a spreadsheet type workflow, a very, you know, siloed workflow and kind of put it together so that you know there's more visibility for the for the whole uh for their customers and making sure that we, we can help them speed up their their lab workflows um i i would say that you know some of the other roles i had heard back from it, it was exciting too because um you know i it, it was certainly uh getting connected by a recruiter is very helpful I and mean, just because of that the targeted nature of the match but um, you know, I, I didn't need to be a perfect match on on everything, right? And I certainly wasn't for this role. Um, you know that certainly SQL is useful. Um, a lot of a lot of our work will involve uh, SQL. You know, SQL type expressions. Um, but some of the other rules, like I heard, uh, you know, I wasn't applying necessarily to oil companies. I was applying to like um, General Motors was one I applied to recently, and spent a lot of time talking to them. So that's the autom- automotive industry. Um, and um, I also heard recently from Koros, uh, which they do uh, customer experience work. They're also, you know, somewhat of a startup in Austin um, and, and that role required a uh, Java knowledge. So, so you know, I, uh, recently just, you know, in, in the past month or so, had to do these coding challenges with, you know, all right, I better learn Java as quick as possible. But after, you know, spending a lot of time in JavaScript on on Scrimba, and also with my previous, you know, some of my previous experience in Python, I was able to kind of look at Java and at least, you know, it's very object-oriented focused versus a more functional thing that you might see in JavaScript. Justin, Um, am I understanding
0: you correctly in the, you were applying to jobs which required java basically and even though that isn't your go-to language you were still getting calls back from these jobs because they didn't care so much about the language as your general programming experience since some of it's transferable did i understand that right were they getting back yeah to you?
1: yeah that's exactly right i mean it's uh you know certainly i i felt when i was putting applications in i you know uh certainly if it said like oh this is a you know heavy react focused role and you know Python's a nice to have, I, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is, this is my role. And of course, you know, that's not how it works. You can't just say, oh, this application is going to be it. And they're definitely going to call me. Um, so, you know, it's, if there is a slight match, certainly, a, uh, I I mean, th- that's one of the advantages of, you know, working on the front end is it's, you know, you, you don't have this, you know, large, uh, large grouping of different programming languages is very JavaScript focused, but, you know, because I had some experience in Python, but also I, you know, made the effort to teach myself, you know, at least the basics of Java. I was able to, you know, communicate, you know, effectively in my interviews about it and, you know, talk about some of the concepts and I was very upfront. I, like, I told him like, you know, I, you know, I haven't worked in Java. I, you know, in fact, like, you know, I knew this was a Java role. So I spent, you know, a day or two learning the syntax and trying to translate the object-oriented stuff. I knew even JavaScript has object-oriented stuff built into it now, as well as um, you know uh, Python. Trying to translate that in Java, I told them that, and it was like you know, I'll well, ask you this question, but I don't think you'll you'll know it, right? And, and then when you do know it, they you know they, they say, okay, these actually put some effort in.
0: <laughs> I love that. And it's, um, it's kind of a common theme. I'm speaking to a few people who've gone through Scrimbert and got jobs. Uh, the first thing is even if you feel underqualified for whatever reason, it's still worth applying because you, you never know, right? But also yeah. the, the language is like a tool. One of my favorite sort of expressions in programming is that knowing English doesn't make you a great essayist. Um, or a great storyteller for that matter. And so the details of the language might not matter so much as understanding You know, SQL, tra- SQL might even be too specific, but understanding a relational database theory could apply to any number of different database technologies. Or in the case of processing data, if you understand how to split and structure a CSV um, using an object oriented language, it would be quite similar probably in Java or JavaScript bar how you define the class in the case of Java or something, I guess. But the fact that's also transferable is, is really encouraging. Um, and, and likewise, to and just to reiterate, really, just to apply for those jobs you, you might not feel the most qualified for. Justin, I really want to... I, I think the most... There are a lot of interesting things about your story, but the thing which I think is the most unique about you is that you transferred industry, and it sounded to me like quite... A, good job where you'd worked your way up in the company built a lot of experience it's been very brave i think to then change industry and i and i understand that covid and all this maybe we'll not think about covid today so we can keep smiling but otherwise there were some external factors if You were starting again today, or maybe if you imagine someone's listening, who's also in a similar position, not sure how to present themselves. I can imagine that like thinking about salary and lifestyle and stuff might come into it because you are going from a more senior to a junior position. But also I think presenting yourself is very, very important because like you mentioned earlier, you were a project manager technically, but that might have a different connotation in your previous industry to this one. What do you think, what would you say to someone who was starting out?
1: Yeah, it, it's certainly a challenge trying to figure out a way to, you know, especially if you haven't worked in a software role, how how to make your resume relevant to um, to, to a recruiter on the software side. You know, um, you certainly have to, you know, you, you wanna capture those soft skills for sure, but also, you know, you need to start gaining the skills, uh, you know, on the programming side, um, and that includes, you know, just like we did on Scrimba, the front end path, but you know, also doing doing some of your own research on, um, as you know, MDN and Google and uh, you know Stack Overflow and those tools. For sure. Um, you know, I, I certainly as I, I my resume was constantly being updated as I was you know completing new certifications and implementing new projects and whenever, like, you know, I thought one project was starting to come up, you know, come above another one in terms of like my technical capabilities, I would swap it out and, you know, maybe sometimes I'd switch them up based on, on the job I was applying to. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, in, in terms of, you know, making a career change, uh, you know, it's uh, it, uh, certainly uh, it, it's, good to keep track as you go and, uh, figure out like, you know, as you do software things or find relevant, you know, uh, achievements that you've accomplished, uh, to take notes on those that, you know, certainly I'm going to try to make a better effort now to keep track of, uh, the, the things that I accomplished during my, during my job role so that the resume process isn't so, you know, difficult next time.
0: That's very good advice. I need to do that better myself too. Mm, yeah and I, I think you bring a lot of very um humble a very humble attitude to this in that you you sort of for you, you i i guess by highlighting your projects and the fact that you were doing scrimba modules and the front end career path and stuff like you really communicated implicitly that you were a learner that you were very open to learning and improving and, and and likewise just what you described to me that approach of continuous iteration always taking what you learn to improve that's not something I imagine you're just applying to your resume that's the kind of principle you take with you um, to anything you do most likely whether it's homebrewing or developing yeah. or joining a new company
1: yeah, and I think that's certainly, you know, once, once I was able to get to that interview phase, it's a lot more easy to, you know, communicate uh, those kind of like, um, I would say soft skills, but also just an attitude, you know, towards, tor- towards learning. And that's, that's something you'll hear echoed a lot, you know, throughout different, you know, different uh, learning communities is, you know, making sure that you communicate strongly that you're, you know, interested in software and interested in, in learning about software Um, and, uh, you know, uh, even, even in those, uh, two interviews that they asked me about Java, you know, I, you know, where I told them like, Hey, like I, you know, just know the syntax. I just try to grind out the syntax and translate what I already know to, to Java. They said, Oh, you know, that's, that's a central skill being able to learn quickly. So, you know, certainly you want to try to communicate that any way you can that, you know, you're actively take taking part in your education and you're not just waiting for someone to, you know, uh, hand, hand you the docs and and go through it page by page with you. It's not going to happen. So yeah. No way. Yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe these are quite connected. One objection. I think people might fear if they are more senior changing into another industry. Um, I'm not sure how to phrase it so much as, you might seem overqualified and like you you might not be a good person to bring in because someone brand new, younger maybe, but new to an industry um, or new to industry, whether it's like just any industry, they, they might be seen as being like a blank slate, someone more moldable and teachable. How do you combat that as someone more senior changing careers?
1: yeah certainly you know we're we're all competing with uh you know new college grads and c s programs and they've gone through some rigorous rigorous training on on their own and also also all these uh boot camp graduates from you know physical boot camp schools in our areas um you know i and uh I would say you know trying to capture those you know my throughout my eight year career trying to capture those moments that some employer is going to find useful. Right. So, you know, I spent a lot of time um, in the oil field, we were growing very quickly. Right. So we, we onboarded engineers all the time. Like, you know, um, our group grew from like 50 people to a hundred people in just a matter, you know, just a couple of years. And I mean, I worked in different areas and that was the case everywhere. So, you know, teaching those classes to those engineers and talking about that on my resume, but also during, um, during interviews, I, I think that was, you know, it, maybe it didn't connect with some of the recruiters who just, you know, were so laser focused on, well, have you done.net? Um, but someone's going to, you know, connect with that and say, wow, you know, this guy could, you know, eventually be very helpful. And, and, uh, you know, uh, a lot, you know, a lot of these software companies are growing and they're going to have to train engineers after you. So being able to help people, you know, you know,
0: I understand you perfectly in the, like, I think there's two sides to it. The first is being humble and by demonstrating how teachable and how much you're learning and open to learning you are. I think that's the first really important thing. But the second is like, you're absolutely right. Like as someone who has all this previous experience, you, you have so much potential like to grow into to becoming a fantastic engineer and a fantastic leader potentially much more quickly than any new grad or person brand new to the industry. And so I think you, the fact you picked up on your like unfair advantage is really astute, I think. And then, yeah, the, the, the practical advice in terms of translating that into the interview and making sure you surface all your previous achievements is definitely something people can take away from this, like finding the commonalities
1: yeah. I, you know, I, I had posted my resume also on um, uh, another discord community that was react focused. And the first thing I said was, well, this, this looks like a great software engineering manager, you know, resume. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull that one off, but um, you know, it's uh, I, I think that certainly it's hard to condense that into one to two pages, but you know, I, I think you're just going to have to put in the applications and eventually someone's going to see the value in those bullet points that you put on there and and just try different versions and eventually it's going to stick. So, and and you just got to be patient and not give up. You know, resilience
0: uh, is so important. I think you embody that. I mean, 180s, I have the number written down because when we spoke in January, that stood out to me. Um, 186 applications. And I think at the time you said something like 10 phone screenings. That, that to me. And I I bought this to the team actually. And I, I explained, like, hey, I met with Justin, really nice guy, of course. I'm so, I'm so surprised actually that he's not seeing success because you you had the Netflix clone type project built, you had a portfolio, your LinkedIn was like there were there were tweaks right like ways to optimize it in terms of keywords and positioning which i know you iterated on um quite frequently as you saw the opportunity but still it looked like you were doing everything right but you weren't getting where you needed to be and sure. There are always things you can change. Like I do remember one thing you sent me was like a word cloud of all of the, 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 yeah. <laughs> keywords, the keywords that appear the most frequently. And I, I can share this joyfully with you now because you, you've obviously overcome this to get a great job. But one of the biggest word was like senior, which I found quite surprising.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know, I would have been, you know, honestly, I, I would have been happy to even jump on as a junior. I mean, it just, you know, I understood Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, coming on with the the company and and not having that software engineer title previously, like um, that's going to be a barrier, you know, it's, it's, it's a barrier that you're going to have to overcome, but um, you know, any, anytime a company brings on a new person, they're taking a, you know, big risk on you, right. Because they're going to have to invest and it's going to take you, a few months to get up to speed with their code base anyway. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, when I was applying, you know, I was applying to a little bit of everything it's, you know, trying to put in like five to 10 applications a day, or it wasn't every day, but, um, you know, it's, it's going to take time and, and, uh, you're certainly, you're not going to have like a, you know, a hundred junior react rules to apply to you. are going to have to take a few shots on things that aren't, aren't exact match. And some of these companies are honest. So even say in their job postings, I, I came across a lot of that saying like, we're not looking for a 100% match. Um, certainly some, some are going to try, but you know, the, there's always going to be companies looking for the perfect match and they have the, maybe the luxury of waiting for that perfect match to come into, but you know, you just got to, you just have to give it a chance and, you know, um, you know, I, <laughs> I applied to a lot of senior roles, but, um, you know, it's sometimes they're, they're going to they might even be open to hiring someone at a at a mid level or maybe they'll see you as a senior somehow. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I I can't, I don't disagree with your approach in terms of going broad and trying, trying as many things as possible, because even the long shots turn into very practical learnings sometimes in the feedback that you get or the, what you see unfold afterwards. Um, But again, I think the real key message here is to keep trying, honestly you know, on one hand, keep improving as a developer, stacking the deck in your favor, but also taking every rejection, every thing you learn, whether it be from a new article, a new Scrimber module or some advice you get and, and constantly iterating and trust, like in your case, that things will go into place. Justin, I think that's about all the time we have for this interview yeah. and perhaps a nice note to end on because we're so happy for you here at Scrimber. Like it's fantastic to see you got the job and I'm yeah. really glad to hear you're enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate all the effort your teams and and teachers have gone through to make these modules. And certainly it took me from, uh, you know, where I had a basics, some, you know, was able to do some, some cool things in Python, but uh, visually they weren't very impressive. And now I can (laughs) make, make something that, uh, you know, someone's not going to be like, what, why is he just giving us a JavaScript object, you know, in plain text? (laughs) Love
0: to hear it. That's, that's made my day. Thanks, Justin.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Good talking to you.